0: Today, I'm chatting with Wendy of Wendy's Lookbook. Wendy is an OG iconic fashion blogger based in New York City. She first started 12 years ago on YouTube and then grew her blog and Instagram, where she places most of her focus on now. Wendy is a new mom and she shares with us how her personal brand has evolved over the years and the biggest lessons she's learned through building businesses and working with brands. I've been a huge fan of Wendy since before my influencer days and I've been following her blog since forever. I'm stoked that I get to sit down and chat with her about her journey. I remember bumping into her once in 2018 in London and she was so friendly and nice to us. I know you'll learn a lot from her and get so much out of this conversation. So without further ado, let's get into it. It's really
1: different when it comes, becomes a profession yes. and you have to evolve with that in, in a sense. So I think with aging, you just have to be very happy with how your brand is as who you are.
0: Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. So today we have Wendy in the car with us and we are going to chat with Wendy who is a very OG blogger, creator, influencer, whatever title you prefer and we're going to talk about her journey and all of the things along the way that have happened because she has had she has been around for a long time and i'm sure we can (laughs) learn so much thank you so much for being on here agreeing to meet wendy i would love to maybe start from just a one or two sentence intro on how you define yourself sure well, Tina, thank you so much
1: for having me. And thank you so much for driving all the way over here, too. <laughs> of
0: um, I'm Wendy, and I started
1: in the online space about 12 years ago, and actually in 2010. Wow. And back then, there was not that many of us, especially actually Asian yes. Americans, too. Mm. Um, those were the days of Michelle Phan. Mm-hmm. Um, those were days of of makeup tutorials. Yes. Um, but I saw there was a need, um, maybe a missing side to it, which was fashion. Mm. Uh, fashion was integrated in, in makeup, but they didn't have its own category. And I've always loved fashion ever since I was a little girl. Um, loved, loved magazines. So I thought maybe I can just venture into that world that I can control, meaning I can produce my own content. Mm. So I started kind of on YouTube that way. And then it grew into more of a publication, meaning um, an online digital uh, blog. And then as social media evolved, I was able to transfer it over to Instagram. And
0: now I'm here with you. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's a very brief rundown of everything that happened. So you first started your YouTube channel 12 years ago. Yes. And I, I remember those videos. Because those right. were the days when there were literally just like 10 viral videos on YouTube. <laughs> and we watched them all. Like the that Michelle Phan val- val- Valentine's Day makeup the Lady look. Gaga. Yes. yes. And then your um, how to wear heels. Yes. Because I was learning how to... I was just starting to really get obsessed with heels. I was learning how to wear oh, heels. Oh, you're so funny. And then the... A uh, hundred ways to wear a scarf. Yeah, well, so, 25. Oh, You're so sweet.
1: Oh, okay, a lot. I a I wish I can do hundred. It was a lot
0: of thumbnails. And I was <laughs> yes, like, "What? Wow, that's yes. a lot of ways to wear a scarf. And so that's when you first started. So after that, when did you transition to blogging? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if we were to take it back a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, I actually...
1: Learned about fashion through online forums. Mm. Um, I was actually um, in finance. I was I was a, a business banker um, wow. for a very long time, and then when I would get home at night, I would just just completely throw myself in this world of forums. And forums were the precursors of blogs, right? Yes. And, you know, and barely anyone had their own little blog and they would just insert uh, their destination when they were talking about something on a forum. Yeah, And that was really my first introduction to what a blog was at the time. Mm. Um, but forums gave me this sense of community. It gave so much information. I mean, I learned how to identify fake bags on forums. Mm. Um, I learned, like, it's just... A breath of information. Yeah. So when I saw that people, especially women, were in charge of kind of their own views and publications, that was when the world of blogging opened up, which mm-hmm. was kind of, kind of tailing this forum, you know, community. And at the time, there's not that many bloggers. Yeah. You know, there's like, and just like YouTubers. There's not that many bloggers. But we wanted to start on YouTube because it was just, I think, a, cre- a more engaging, creative outlet at the time. Right. Mm. Um. So. We wanted we meaning my my previous partner who was actually also now it's my ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted he want he was very interested in film um, and just kind of kind of recording and, and and videography and everything and for me fashion was always something that I loved so I I guess maybe. I knew that in order to create a sustainable brand, I had to develop more of a television kind of showcase, meaning themed videos, right? Right. So they were not just random kind of outfits or anything like that. So we created uh, a concept called pairings. Mm. So I would take one item and show people how to wear it three ways. Mm. At the time, I mean, I was on a budget. I mean, everyone was on a budget. We we didn't get paid or anything like that. I think that fits very well to kind of what you and your class is about too, you know, the monetization of this world. Um, So that was just very close to me, meaning I wanted to be able to wear something three different ways, 10 different ways, whatever different ways. So we created this uh, kind of show format and from there, um, the fourth video we did was 25 Ways to Wear a Scarf. Mm, and we filmed it in a Brady see. Bunch style. Yeah. And that took us, oh my gosh, you, know, you probably laugh at it now because you're a, a queen of editing. No. Um, but that took us weeks. Really? And, and all of it was in one take. Wow. So because there was 25 of me on the screen, oh. every, 20, everyone, every, t- every take of the 25 was one take. So wow. it sometimes it took us days to do girl seven. You know, and that was the, yeah. So I would stand there from one to seven, and then when seven was my turn, I would do it. Then I would stand there again and wait it out to 25. Wow, that's really um. And then, you know, at the time, there were a few other scarf videos out there, and one of the things that I really wanted was eye contact. Mm. I wanted to be able to look into the camera uh, without looking past or down the camera. And we couldn't get away. Like we couldn't get around that because the camera blocked my neck, mm. so I couldn't view my scarf. So we actually filmed the whole thing through a one way mirror wow. because I can actually look at myself while making contact and doing everything else too. So it just took so much problem solving, but yeah. you know, in the end, you know, it kind of launched it my career. Up. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, so that know.
0: was your first viral video. Yes. Oh. That was, I I actually thought. You know, whatever
1: YouTube broke because I I didn't. I, you know how that is, right? But <laughs> yes, yes. something happens. I'm like, wait, this this feels There's unexplainable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that video at the time and still now has traveled to more countries wow. than I've ever traveled oh, to. Wow. Yeah. Yes, so I, I you amazing. know, that kind of launched it. And, yeah. And now the world of video, you know, is very very different.
0: Yeah. And do you still continue YouTube nowadays or not? Really?
1: I wish. You know, I think YouTube is a long, as you know, it's more of a of, of a, a longer format than. Yeah. What we know now, right? Yeah. And the filming is very different too. Yes. It's more vertical than and horizontal. And I know that you know YouTube has its own version Mm -hmm. you know too as well of reels and stories right um and the format's also different so it's i think it's very um i admire people who can do both because Mm -hmm. i feel like you have to exert twice the effort to to capture one episode of the same thing yes exactly yeah um and i i know that you know you can watch your phone through youtube it's not the same as filming it yourself you know One day I would like to go back, but I think I just have to figure out what my added value is now.
0: Mm, I see at the stage, yeah,
1: versus before.
0: Yes. Did you ever get into... Oh, we're going to get into the blogging part. But uh, while we're on the topic of YouTube, did you ever get into vlogging at all? Or was it mostly like how-tos?
1: Yeah, so vlogging... Oh, you know what? I don't find myself to be a very interesting person, period. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds weird, but... I'm the I, same. You're right? Mm-hmm. And I think naturally as an introvert, I was just like, I don't, I don't yes. find what I do very interesting. Yes, yes. And I I, I, can, and I'm not, I can't really pretend that it is. So it was really difficult for me to vlog. And mm-hmm. I think stories are a different narrative. Now because they're shorter mm. and they're more of a snippet of things, yes. right? But vlogging back then was like 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, 45 minutes. And I, I just felt like I didn't have enough, you know, mat- not material, but talking points to, yes, to yes. add value
0: for that long. Yeah, you know? I agree. So it was... It was I think that format is very tough for me and it continues to be very tough mm, for me. I see, see. I, I have the same problem. I, I, uh, I'm i at a loss of words in mm-hmm. front of the camera when I'm by myself mm-hmm. and all the adjectives I use are the same and I realize, oh no, I'm not descriptive enough oh. or like super interesting enough to, to do a vlog.
1: Well, I, I think, you know, it's funny because I watch all of your stories, right? And, and I think stories are like the modern vlog of, yeah. of today. I find you interesting, even though you might not find yourself interesting. But I think that's the um characteristic of an introvert right like yes. you you might not find Maybe, it but yeah. for me when i lo- i mean i watch all of it and i find it very interesting so mm.
0: whatever you're doing you know keep up whatever you're doing i have to say with stories there's a lot of intention behind it mm-hmm. and a lot of thinking so i always am thinking like is this interesting to my viewer mm-hmm. and how can i make a going to eat dumplings story more interesting mm-hmm. than not and that is just sort of the effort that goes behind it mm-hmm. and so that's when I knew that oh I, I can't do vlogs because if mm-hmm. I have to come up with an effort every day to make my boring life interesting oh gosh, like it would nice. take so much effort in addition to everything else we're also trying to do you know, right. in our personal brands so right, that right. was the rationale behind it. So after YouTube you decided to move to the blog format? Yeah so the blog was actually in conjunction or in parallel to mm,
1: YouTube um, meaning because you know when you watch an episode if you wanted to go back, and at the time too, you know, photos are very important. Yeah, you know, photos might not, you know, be as important now <laughs> on Instagram as you know. Um, but back then, photos were very important. They wanted yeah. to see the styling. So, it, in a sense, when you were watching it, it's almost like a secondary resource mm-hmm. for you when you can actually see the outfit on a page, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of added value for blogging, um, mainly because it kind of gave, you know, our audience uh, another perspective or view of what yeah. we were doing. And and blogging was just different. You yeah. know, it, it took a lot more effort for you to read something mm-hmm. as an audience member than to watch something passively sometimes. Yeah, right. yeah. And then also writing is a lot more effort. You know, yeah. Then you kind of have to... Uh, can of explain what what the styling is or whatever it is that 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 you're doing. Um and I really enjoyed writing. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, blogging was just like a nature where I wanted to share, you know, kind of the static version of what we were doing on video already. I see. You know, I it, see. it doubled the work though because you had to go out and actually take photos of what you just filmed. Yes. But at the time, you know, it, it was a, a a really fresh and new concept. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you had a, was it a weekly installment of vlogs? Yeah, no, I used to blog uh, every other day.
1: <gasps> oh, wow. I know. And then oh I used to YouTube uh, twice a week. Oh, <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. I mean, I mean, your workload's incredible. But I, I mean, you know, back then, that that, that was the, the pattern, right? Wow. It was like, you know, YouTube at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Most of the time it's twice a week. Uh, we would do a creative, like, like you know, um, a creative meaning, like something like 25 ways to wear scarves. at least once a month or once every two months. Yeah. You know, and that took us forever, you know. So I think, um, and, then, and then to support that, we would blog um, about three or four times a week. Mm. So every Monday,
0: Wednesday, Friday. I see so then with the blog was that where it started to take off and you started to see viewership go up because it went hand in hand with the YouTube channel and there was discoverability on the blog itself
1: yes you know I think um, I think there's a lot of synergy between the two in that Mm -hmm. way Uh, what made the blog very intentional for me was that I wanted to make sure not only to capture outfits that I was sharing on YouTube but to capture outfits that were not shared on YouTube Yeah. so there would be more added value once you stopped in the blog Right. Mm -hmm. so I think if, if if I were to share something I wore already it was very minor to something that maybe I restyled yeah. for just the blog
0: yeah and then
1: I would restyle again for Facebook
0: Yes, yeah, back yeah. then
1: Facebook was also uh, another medium you yes. know that that, that that we had to use um, I was not too big on Twitter because I yeah. think it was just too short for me and I didn't I didn't quite catch kind of th- my added value on mm-hmm. Twitter is um, but the three formats were huge you yeah know and Pinterest too actually yes yeah, yeah. Um, So we would just, you know, restyle everything and would make things very unique depending on the medium that we were working on. Mm
0: -hmm. So then after the blog really started to take off, how has it evolved till now? Because nowadays in the last, I would say, two, three years, some people are saying blogging is dead Mm -hmm. or viewership is down. And I I even know some fashion influencers who have just scrapped their blogs altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, of course, I I don't know the reason. I didn't Mm -hmm. speak to them personally. How do you feel about that when people say that blogging is dead?
1: You know, it's so funny because um, I do think viewership is down mm-hmm. uh, on blogging sites because you can get access to so much more information yes. on one f- platform, mainly Instagram, mm-hmm. right? So before, you know, on a blog, there were links embedded so you yes. knew exactly what to like click on if you wanted that jacket, dress, or whatever it is, boots. Now you can swipe up. Yeah. So I think having it kind of traffic to one area made all of the other mediums so difficult to kind of uphold and maintain, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, yes, I, I, I do think that there is, it's harder to do both, right? Yeah. I it wasn't a mistake but I made a, an effort to vamp my I, I spent a lot of money to redo the whole blog mm, you know back then yeah you know um the format was very different it yeah. was um oh my gosh it was blogger right yes, like they yes. have the, the, the blogger format and it was very simple it was very easy and yeah. then it became more editorial yes right yes. it started looking like a magazine and everything and I felt like as a brand I needed to make it more editorial to keep up with the publication side I see so we spent a lot of resources in making it and the, the site I I love at the end you know know the formatting and everything but then that's when instagram started producing all of these features Mm. right so um so in in a way i i have a very soft spot for the blog because that's where i kind of you know really foster this community yeah you know um but it's hard because it's it's not about workload anymore it's about usability yeah right. the functionality is very different yes before I think for now, I think because we're so busy, uh, you don't want to click on a button that leads you to another button that leads you to another button. Exactly, yes. Right? So you want to click on a button and get your answer, then you move on. Yes. And you can buy everything online, meaning through your phone now. Yeah. You don't need a computer to go and search and cross-reference anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. I think it's hard, you know? And I think I, I like that when we had a blog or blogging was a focus, that was a thing that we owned as content creators. Right? Yes. No one can take that away from us. Yeah. Now we just have to kind of split that ownership to Instagram or or to, you know, whatever other medium there is. And that becomes a little bit more challenging.
0: Yes, definitely. The whole idea of having ownership over your audience or the outlet where you're posting all of your content is something that's very important and growing nowadays, like a growing discussion, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like with the blog, it was definitely something where oh, it was great to have your own domain, but then ultimately it would be like having your own store, but you still need foot traffic. Mm-hmm. So you still need to put it in a mall for people mm-hmm. to notice you. And then maybe when they go somewhere, they'll s- go to your actual store. It's kind of like that. Yes. Um, so Absolutely. it is nice to have the ownership. But nowadays, given that all of the foot traffic is in the mall called Instagram and TikTok and Isn't YouTube, right, right. it's just a different world now. Well, not only that, but like imagine if the mall just all of a sudden closed. Yes.
1: Like for example, Snapchat. Right. Like, yes. I, I never got into Snapchat. It kind of, kind of, kind of scared me because I didn't understand what how that that formatting was. Um, but so I never got on it. And when it honestly, when it went away, I was like, great! Like now I can just do it on Instagram. Yes. You know. Yeah. So, but imagine as a content vine. That's yeah, another one, right? Yes. So imagine being a content producer on Vine and on, on Snapchat and all of a sudden it goes away. That must be honestly quite tragic. Yeah. That you spent all this effort and all of a sudden it goes. But I, I, I think that's that's the, the hard part to navigate this world.
0: Yeah. So outside of the blog, do you also have an email list where you can retain your audience? Yeah,
1: you know, I think we we wanted to do that and I think it was just I just, you know, maybe it goes back to the whole thing about me thinking I'm not very interesting. I just don't want to bother you. <laughs> I don't know, right? It's terrible. It's just like, I know as a businesswoman, I should be on top of it. Yeah. Um. But apart, we did have one, but I just didn't, I feel like unless I was sending you something that was valuable, I just didn't want to bother you because I think if I bothered you, then you would just be more irritated with me mm-hmm. as a brand to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, Even though you might not feel that way, mm-hmm. right? Yes. As, as a receiver, I felt that way. So in a lot of ways, I just, that, that, side of it never kind of kicked in. Mm. Are you a huge fan of
0: email, list? email lists? So now that I have a product, I, I am a huge fan mm-hmm. of email lists because um, ultimately if the platforms go away, I can still email to my audience and I know that a part of them will still buy. Yeah. So um, Alex Homozi, like a big, like a really big YouTuber. He's not a YouTuber. He's a businessman and he grew his online empire with a lot of courses and also um, various programs. So he talked about how like if all of your traffic gets taken away no paid traffic no organic traffic you just have your email list can you still make money Mm -hmm. and that was a very important question too that I had to ask myself like will my audience still buy my stuff Mm -hmm. if I can only just contact them via email Mm -hmm. and fortunately the answer was yes but also because I, I don't have that many products yet so I haven't really saturated like all kinds of topics in Mm -hmm. terms of products. So that was an interesting question to consider. But now what I feel is that these malls, like the Instagram, YouTube malls, um, I'm just going to go... My plan is just to go all out on all these platforms so that you're kind of omnipresent Mm -hmm. so that if any of these go away... It won't matter because something, some other platform will pop up mm-hmm. and then you, all you need to do is claim your handle mm-hmm. and people will have that instant recognition. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer a, I'm an Instagrammer mm-hmm. or I'm a YouTuber or I'm a TikToker. No, I'm just like, I'm just a personal brand online. Mm-hmm. I'm just a creator online. People will always recognize me wherever I go. Do That's you the find goal. that very stressful? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, because
1: I, I, mean, I totally understand what you're saying, and I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm just curious, as a
0: content creator, because you know, I watch you all the time, Like, does that keep you up at night? Um, yes everything keeps me up at night and there's so much stress involved with creating content and I think in the beginning it was fun because Mm -hmm. we enjoyed the content format it was just a creative outlet Mm -hmm. but when it becomes a pretty big income stream Mm -hmm. and I know this is ironic and by no means am I complaining but it's just when it does become that then it's a stressful responsibility Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and now you have family too Mm -hmm. and I have a husband and like he quit his job Mm -hmm. not that he's my responsibility Mm -hmm. but we also plan to have children Mm-hmm. soon so all of that becomes very stressful knowing that you have to evolve and continue to grow or else you do kind of get left behind and
1: i and i've i've seen that you yeah. know because you know a lot of my peers that i saw or that mm. i was with the, the class that i was with when i was on youtube like not everyone could have not everyone transferred over to instagram successfully or to you know, whatever, Snapchat at the time or, or you know, um, TikTok now. So I, I think I, I've seen, and i also seen comebacks, Yeah. right? Where yeah. you're like, oh, you know, wow, I, I totally forgot that that person was yes. there. And then all of a sudden they're like, they're more present now, yes, you yes, know, yes, whatever yes. it is. So I, I think, you know, even though for me and at the same with you, I, I think this keeps me up at night a lot, mm. you know. I also know because I've seen comeback stories, I just have to figure out what is the add value that I can insert myself into these new platforms. Because every platform has a different, like, engagement mechanism, yeah. right? And, yeah. and and different kind of viewership. So, like, what can I do that makes me feel, like, the most organic to me? Because yes. I can't fake, you know, I mean, you can. But I think after a while, you just get really exhausted. Yes. And people see through it, right? Yes. So, like, what can I do that's organic to me that I can add value on this particular platform? Mm-hmm. And seeing the ups and downs of other people, like, not saying that, like, that's, I'm sure that was very stressful for them, you know? Mm-hmm. It kind of gives me hope that that we can problem solve when that time comes. Yes. And hopefully it, it doesn't have to come. Yeah, correct? yeah. But if it does, then is can we do that and I I think the answer is yes I think it's difficult yes I think it's very frustrating also yes
0: but I think it's doable so the one thing that I have come to terms with in terms of the the social media world Mm -hmm. is that Everything will constantly change at a pace that is extremely hard for us to keep up as individuals. Mm -hmm. If we have a full uh, business company, other people to support us, maybe it can be a bit better. Um, But what I've accepted is that this is just part of the job. Mm -hmm. And we have to uh, be agile enough Mm -hmm. to adapt and quickly learn new skills. And that is... The that is the game, and we're in the game. And so I I have accepted that if I can't deal with the stress, I need to find other income streams that mm-hmm. that can potentially sustain us as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I'm working towards to alleviate the stress, knowing that there is a backup. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's just accepting that, and then you'll be okay, and you'll rise to the the occasion. Right. To and, the I, and I think once you accept it too, you can see opportunity in other areas. Yeah,
1: right. Where yeah. it's like. You know, for me, like I'm venturing to more design world. Oh. You know, like the, the jacket you're wearing, yes. right? Yeah. So, like that's something that I've always wanted to do, but not not have enough resources to do so. Yeah. So, I think you know now it's just going. Okay, well, I can do it. I've done it and it's it's done well. So can I replicate that with other mm, things? Or can yeah. I expand on it? Not mm. even replicate, expand on it, you know? So I think once you, like you said, are at peace with it, the stress is still very much there, yeah. but it's just more manageable. Yeah. And yeah. it feels like you're looking for other outlets to really widen the breadth yes. of offerings that, that you have already. Yes.
0: Yes, exactly. It's, it's a challenge that all creators have. Right. Okay. Um, We were just talking about creators evolving as platforms update and change and new platforms appear. Um, What has been a part of your journey? Because it's been a long 12 years, which is really incredible to stay consistent all this time. (laughs) Can you recall a time where it was more challenging for you? Was it the shift from photo to video or is Mm. it like TikTok? Was there a point where you felt like it was mm, hard to keep up or it was challenging for you?
1: Yeah, I, I think the shift from, from photos to video was challenging, yeah, you yeah. know,
0: because also at the time,
1: too, I didn't do most of the video editing. Mm-hmm. It was my part of the dead, mm-hmm. right? And so um, when we sp- kind of split ways, um, I, I knew how to work a camera for the photography. So I edit all my photos and everything. So that part was fairly seamless for me. I was able to continue mm-hmm. kind of doing the blog. And at the time with Instagram, it was just another photo uh yeah, you know, platform. So then it kind of made it very easy for me to yeah. transition. But once Instagram started doing video, and you know, I think, I, being a YouTuber, everything was filmed on the camera, mm-hmm. right? And I really was stuck on this mentality of I need everything to, to be super high quality, mm-hmm. right? Like everything has to be high quality. And I I can't film if it's not on the camera, and it I I just felt like I was really punishing myself for not. Really stepping forward, right? yeah, and it was holding me back more than anything else because no one yes. else cared, yes, but exactly. me, yeah. Um, but I think once I was able to say, you know what, let me just enjoy the filming process again, you mm-hmm. know, and enjoy the editing process. So I had to learn how to edit, and editing now is very different from yes. editing before, yeah. as you know, and I, I see all of your tutorials. So like I think editing now is different. I think so. Once I found joy in the editing process, you know, in the filming process. Um, I think that made the transition much, at least, less hard.
0: Mm, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And I was, I think the algorithm also encouraged reels. So the first reels that I put out, the algorithm kicked in and it went mm. viral on its own in that sense. Where I'm like, okay, it gave me a dose of encouragement yes. to go, I can yes. do it again. And you know how that is because yep. like I saw all of yours and I see that. So like, once it hit like a million, two or three, you're like, wait a minute. I, think, I can do yeah I, yeah, I think I can do this. And I think it's maybe it was a false, not false hope, but I think it was kind of like, you know, they're fishing. They want you to produce yes. more content, right? That's so right. I get it. And then, you know, so, but that gave me just enough fire and motivation to go, I can do this. If I did it once, I can do it again. Um, and not every video performs very well, right? Yeah. There's some videos I spent so much time on, it's like, oh my gosh, it didn't perform as well as the videos I, I, you know, I did not spend as much time on. Yeah. But I think that evolution and the ability to edit and to film and everything else just gave me this clarity of going you know your your your, your last video is is your best right so I'm going to produce it post it continue and then close it and keep on going forward I think that helped um lessen the, the 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 stress of mm. producing more video mm.
0: I love that so just enjoying the process yeah. giving it a go and then when you see results from your efforts then doubling down and doing more of it just right. trying it right. not letting that mindset hold you back right, right.
1: and you know honestly if, if you're doing it and you give it a go and it does not work out enjoy the process because I think if you enjoy the process, it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out or not. And I think sometimes it just takes time. And I think people might not be able to stick through the time for as long as they should. Yes. So I think once you're able to get that process down and you feel at peace with it, and I think you have to enjoy it. I love, to this day, I love, love photo editing and I love, love video editing. Mm. I don't care what it is. I can edit your videos. I still love it. So it it doesn't matter what video I edit or who I take photos of. I still enjoy the editing process. And I think that has been kind of the steam that kept me going for all these years.
0: That's so important. Mm-hmm. And have you mm-hmm. seen a change when you um, started a family yes. and, <laughs> uh, along this process? Because um, before we hit record, we actually just briefly chatted yeah. and are you okay sharing your Absolutely. age with us? Yes, no, oh. I
1: I just turned 40 um this yeah, you year. You look incredible. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. I think it's a uh, I don't know what I think it's just the stress plus lack of sleep plus lots of skincare. I <laughs> like mean, you
0: look great. Oh, thank you very much. I thought you were my age <laughs> and I'm 35. So. <laughs> no, it's
1: it's it's a beautiful age nowadays to be able to start a family and that's yeah. something that I think generations before us couldn't do. You mm-hmm. know, and I think we have science and we have the medical community behind us where we are able to do this, you know, but before, so yeah. So I, I think it's back to your question. Um, I think I'm very lucky that because I have this community for over a decade, they saw me go through my relationship and a yeah. breakup and a bad yeah. relationships and then, you know, call in and then now having my daughter. So it's like they've been with me throughout the whole journey. And for those who just met me now and they find out about my journey, I feel like they there's a connection there too, yes, right? Yes, yes. So given that, it was a like it just, it's, the community embraced it and I was so fearful that they might not because, you know, I think aging is a hard topic for us. Yes, you know, I yeah. I think for content creators in general, I think aging is, is you know, it's it's tough. And the entertainment in general, right? Yes. Aging, aging is tough. Um, but I think family is different, right? I think family is different meaning at one point if you don't have a family, you dream of having a family or you dream of having a family that's not yours, that might be better, right? So I think in that sense, this sense of family, whether you have a baby or not, continues with that community yeah so I I saw the evolution of that as
0: I started my own family yeah so do you find that having a family online does that um it doesn't make your job harder in terms of the time that's needed to do content because there's a lot that we have to do to keep up with all of the platforms different formats and everything people's attention spans getting shorter is that something you you can still you feel like it's still okay juggling with family life? Yeah. So I guess I, I'm asking this for personal
1: reasons. <laughs> no, no. And, and and I'll tell you, you know, I'm very you know, truthful and honest about this. So you know what? Actually, that's very secondary. You know what? The first part is actually privacy. Mm. So, so someone told me this before I had a family, before I met Colin. I was mm. actually on set working on, on a project. Yeah. And she had a baby at the time. And she was actually a makeup artist doing my makeup. And I having a baby and being a new uh, first-time mom, I was just like, how do you do it? Like, how how are you on set and do this? And she said something to me that changed my mindset. She said, when you become a mom, you become a lot more efficient. Mm. And she said that now I only take jobs I really like and yes. I don't waste time on things I don't like. Amazing. And I thought at the time we t- I took any job, right? And because, you know, we were growing, we were trying to do everything. And I just could not understand how can you deny or not take a job mm. because I, I wouldn't do that at the time. I get it now. Amazing. Yes, yeah. you can get jobs, you know, and you you course jobs that you love and all that. And you can also get jobs that, you know, pays the bills. You know, it, it's a part of yes. our job, you know. Um but you, your brain learns to prioritize things that you've never thought you can do. Mm. And you function on less sleep, less food, <laughs> less time. But your brain is able to process all that much faster. I love that. And given that you're such an entrepreneur to begin with, you adapted this, I think, in, in a way that it will be impressive to you. Because mm. mm. I didn't think that I was capable of doing any of this before I had you mm. know, my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yes, I I find time. Um, I find time between her naps. I find time after she sleeps. I find time in in everything. To this day, it's very rare that I turn in something late, Mm. even with my daughter being here. So you just, you figure it out and you find time for that. I think the bigger question is that at at what age, because, you know, I share about her life a lot. She's just started standing now. and She's probably going to be walking very soon. At what age do I go, this is enough sharing, that I keep her privacy. You know, if she goes to school, then maybe I have to like, you know, kind of tone back on the sharing. Yeah, I I honestly don't know. This is a new world for me, you know. But this is some of the things that that my mom friends talk about, you know. Their philosophy is that they'll share
0: when they're a baby. And once they become school age, they actually stop sharing. Mm, I I think that's kind of interesting.
1: Like, I I didn't even think about that until they said it.
0: Interesting. Because we're in a new age where these creators grew... Um, as a single woman Correct. and then into marriage and then right. now with children. And right. we first navigated our own privacy problems. Right, and then right. Now you have to navigate it for your children, right. trying to do it in a moral way right. because you can't ask for their permission right now. Right. But still, because they are such a huge part of your life, which is right. your personal brand, right. some part of it is sort of not necessary we all right. have a choice but right. it is kind of important to share that part of our lives too right, right? right. that's a delicate balance and I don't yeah. feel like there's a solution yet no
1: I honestly don't think so and I think for me it's that like I really enjoy sharing her because I think she's just so fun like and you know what I
0: mean, so like cute. oh
1: thank you you know it's like when you when you really like love something you're like or enjoy yeah, something right yeah. you're like I want to share it because I really love yes. it and everything she does to me is funny or it's like yeah. fun you know and for me like I find it it's so amazing that there is this human being that gets plopped onto this earth you know pushed out or whatever you want to call it cut open whatever you want to call it <laughs> and they are completely dependent on you yes they can't like they can barely eat you know, they can't they can't do anything right yeah. and seeing them grow and seeing them form these incredible mechanisms that we take for granted like swallowing like holding something that to me is something that I find incredibly fascinating and I want to share that mm, like mm-hmm. I don't think that's interesting to a lot of people but for me like I thought it was just so much fun to see her eat her food fruit. like yeah. you know and yeah. her first foods and all that stuff and but again, I have to figure out like at what point is sharing too much mm-hmm. you know and, yes. and navigate that side of it
0: Yes yes that that's definitely a learning lesson like you have people who don't even share the faces of their children Correct. where they cover it up um, or blur it and then there's people like, Let's say Jessica Wang, where she has her children be part of the campaigns and go to modeling lessons and so on. Although, obviously, they look like they're really enjoying it. Right. But it's kind of a tricky thing to balance now.
1: Right, right. And I think, you know, maybe the not, the before it was like, I hate saying it, but I think that's kind of what it comes out to, but like the stage moms, right? Yeah, Like, you know, and now it's it's a different, it's kind of the social moms. So like, at what point do you go, okay, and I think going back to what you're saying, as I think as long as you fully understand that your child enjoys this. Yes. And that's, and maybe they don't know what that means yet, you know, but as a mom, I hope that you have the strong enough intuition to go, they're not enjoying it anymore I'm going to cut back
0: you know where they really
1: love it and you know only share things that that's very minimal in their world
0: yeah. you know, we don't a, know. a small comment um, I, might, one I like to make is just for I'm thinking about if I become a mom, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I would um, avoid my children being involved in is the back end of how, posting these things and seeing the numbers of whatever, if they have their own page or mm. if they're part of my page, mm. um, because I think now they have access once they go to school. They have their own phone. They have access to all these things. Mm-hmm. And I would want to limit that access so they don't mentally become so wired to getting the dopamine hit from mm-hmm. numbers on social media so early on because mm-hmm. I think that will mess with their brains. It, you know, it is.
1: And I think that's a very delicate issue. And, I, you know, at, at the heart of it, there's, there's something that... So I'll, I'll share something really funny with you. Yeah. Um, I think kids are wired to receive. They have a cup, right? And it's an emotional cup. Mm. once their emotion cup is filled with with you and your husband's you know time energy and everything a lot of the other things become very minimal even if they get exposed to it it doesn't affect them as much and I've seen this with friends Mm. so it's almost like so I have friends who have kids obviously they're very involved mom and parents and everything too and that child's like emotional cup is very full. They know mm, they're loved. Yeah. Right? They know that the mom spends time with them and mom's on the phone when they're, they're with them and everything like that. So even when they see something, uh, but these kids are very young, right? So I don't think they're able to process that dopamine hit us strong when they're older, yes. right? But I think the thing is that maybe if we can continue to foster that foundation... Mm-hmm because you can't prevent the dopamine hit. (laughs) That's the thing, right? So I think no matter how much we try to prevent it because when they go to school, their friends are going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, whatever it is. So I think if you're able to hopefully fill that cup for as much as you can, then you can offset some of that. But Mm. I think it's just you can't prevent it from happening. Mm,
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's true, because once they have their phone, they're going to have access to everything anyway. If their friends are going to talk about, like, hey, how many right. likes do you have? Right, right. Then like, I don't know. It's and such a normal like, part of their lives. Correct, mm-hmm. right? And
1: peer pressure is very strong once they they understand what that connection is with their mm-hmm. peers. So I think we can only do our best. Yeah. Right? So I think once, so I'll, I'll tell you something really funny. Um, kind of goes back to kind of here and filling cups um so my daughter is very young she's just eight months old yeah but there's something about her that i I think i can see um and maybe that's just because she's like i feel like she's much like me in in small ways even though she doesn't look like me very much um so we go to this kid's gym right and this kid's gym there's a whole bunch of things in the kid's gym what she finds most interesting is other kids not the actual event itself not the Mm. actual like activity itself yeah. because we can replicate activity at home yes, right? yes. so she sees other kids so we were just at the gym last week and she saw this other kid this cute girl that was there 14 months old twice the age of Kinsley and the girl is standing and standing and walking you know and so Colin you know my fiance was like oh my gosh that's that's so cool this girl is standing and walking he was very verbal and very excited to compliment this other baby as he should like because I think that's kind of cool that you see babies walking the moment he did that, Kinsley stood up and stood, <gasps> like hands-free, yeah. like she unassisted. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird because she's never done that at wow. home. I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm overthinking it. But there is a kind of a strange way of her doing it in such a timely manner as her dad giving this massive compliment to this child, right? Yes. I mean, she's going, oh, maybe I can do it too. And maybe I can get the compliment.' I don't know. Again, yeah, I think she's very that's so young. interesting. But whatever it is that was going on to her brain, she saw it, she mirrored it, and she was able to stand. Yes, and she yes. has not stopped standing since then. Wow. So she's at home, and I should have videos. So she's, she, really come, she was standing all day long. I'm like, this is so strange. So I told Colin, after seeing this, I said, listen, I'm not saying that you cannot compliment other people's kids. I think you should. That's very natural. That's I think you're modeling good examples for our baby. But the thing is, you have to show the exact same excitement with When her. they do it, yes. yes. Because I think it's very... And that's going back to having your cup filled, right? Because So imagine your partner is seeing a stranger wearing a beautiful dress and she verbally compliments yes, a stranger. Yes, like, yes, oh, yes, you yes. look beautiful and everything. And then when you wear your dress, like, they kind of, you know, they're very, not, not saying they're lackluster in the compliment, but they're not as excited. Yes. I think you feel kind of a little hurt and betrayed, yeah. you know. But imagine with a child, which I think that this happens 10x the severity of the emotional, you know, side of it. So I, I tell him, I said, don't ever stop complimenting other people, kids, whatever you do. But you just have to be aware that when this happens and when she's standing too, there has to be a connection that you can give her. You mm-hmm. know, And we're hoping that we're reading her emotional cup now mm-hmm. so that when we, she is older then maybe we can be more active in filling that cup. You yes. Know? But yeah. who knows, right? She might have seen something, she goes, I want to do it and then did That's it. Like who knows? Like she had no processing of what Colin said.
0: Yeah. But, but I, I feel like parents, there must we, be something there.
1: I think, it's, I think as parents it's our job to figure it out. Yes. It's yes. not their job to figure it out. Right? Yes, yes, so yes, yes. We're just kind of working through it to to make sure that we have the foundation set for her development when the time comes.
0: Mm, yes, yes. That's Are you an aspiring creator who wants to get paid to be yourself and do what you love? Well, I have a free training that will help you achieve exactly that. This training will cover the four steps to landing paid brand deals even if you don't have a ton of followers, so you can start growing and monetizing your social media following. Save your spot today at SuccessfulInfluencer.com training or head to the link in the description. That's a really interesting story because I have uh, nephews as well yeah. and I see the way they look at other children oh. and then they look at their parents and then immediately they start doing something. It's the same reaction, actually. I, I think. So do
1: you think that... You're, how old are your nephews? They're
0: five and like three.
1: Okay. Yeah. So do you think what they're doing that they're looking for approval from the parents? As in yeah. like the, the, the sense of proudness that they can also yes, achieve that too?
0: definitely, definitely. I think so. Yeah. It's so the exact I, mirror behavior. They look at the, the kid... And they're like, oh, and then look at the parent, and then they try to do it. Wow. Um, And and then when they can do it, they get very excited, and obviously the parents compliment them and everything. And it's just like a whole fulfilling experience for them. You can tell in their faces.
1: So I think maybe it's just human nature that we're looking for the sense of approval, validation, sense of importance from our parents. Yes, I think so. And, you know, have you read um, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Yeah. uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's dry. (laughs) But I've listened to it. But One of the most important lessons I read or I, I, I learned from that book was that, you know, everyone wants to feel important. Yes. Right? including little kids yeah yeah right so I think once you're able to achieve the sense of like you feeling important um, and, and there's a difference between feeling important being spoiled and, and all that mm. I, I totally understand that but having that emotional cup and feeling that importance from your parents yeah I think that nurtures a lot of other developments you know later yes down. yes yes that's yeah, so important to say that.
0: there is one thing that I, uh, <laughs> I've never talked about children this much oh ever. no no please but there's one more thing that I do want to say Gary V got a question mm. in mm. one of his videos uh, from a parent Saying, mm-hmm. How do I stop my kids from being affected by social media mm-hmm. and having the uh, them doing silly things mm-hmm. for social media for the sake of likes and so on. And Gary Vee just goes, it's all about their self-esteem. If you give them a healthy self-esteem, if you bring them up so that they Mm -hmm. are confident and they have good Mm self-esteem, they won't ever even have those issues. Mm -hmm. They won't feel the need to do stupid things on social media Mm -hmm. to get the approval and to do all that. So I think that's one thing that as long as we keep that in mind as we are including, well, my future children, your Mm -hmm. uh, Kinsley, in our social media Platforms, mm-hmm. then I think they'll be okay because it's all about their own character development, right. not about the platform so right, much.
1: Right, 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 right. And, and you know, and I think, like you said, that these platforms evolve, right? And then self esteem never evolves, as in it's yeah. always there, yes, right? Yes. So I think if you're exactly. able to. Kind of build that foundation for them and have that solid sense of self esteem. Then yes, you know, no exactly. matter if it's VR or you know Instagram, yeah, whatever it is, yeah. they will have the same approach to yes. it. Maybe yeah.
0: yes, there'll I mean, always
1: be new platforms. I think it, but it's hard. I mean, self esteem is hard. Like you know, like we battle with it ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think it's, it's a very hard thing. So now having to you know having this responsibility, I think it's 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 a very delicate but you know tough maneuver.
0: Do you mind speaking on that a bit? Does the um, how we react to our numbers and social media? Uh, when you go through these ups and downs like we all do how does that affect you personally especially like numbers or maybe even has there been a time where gigs have slowed down right, right, and right. you start to question okay. the career yep um so I think one of the things that really helped me navigate this
1: world is that I was not this was not my first job Mm-hmm. Meaning I worked at the bank, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I worked actually many jobs before the yeah. bank. So when I got onto social media, I viewed it as a job. Even though it's it's my personal branding. But because I viewed it as a job, it kind of separated me from the actual mm-hmm. person, right? Mm-hmm. So I, when you grow up on a space that you think your value is based on your likes, going back to yes. what we were saying your know, self-esteem, it really hurts. And that's what I saw young YouTubers f- falling off You know, and not feeling well Mm -hmm. because it was, it affected them so much. Yes. Maybe because I was a little older and because I had previous jobs, I just didn't, it didn't really, it affected me, but it affected me more on a business sense. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong Mm -hmm. that I can fix? As a businesswoman, Mm. and not like what what's wrong with Wendy? Yes, you know, there's lots of things that are wrong with Wendy. (laughs) But for me, I'm just like that. For that part of it, it kept me sane. Mm -hmm. That I was able to separate the two. Right. So I think if you're able to separate the two, because Instagram would do anything it wants and has nothing to do with you. Yes. Right. So if you're able to kind of thread it, then you can save some of your sanity by having that approach. Mm. You know. For me. I, I work on my engagement. I don't care about followers anymore because I think I've reached a place where I'm I'm very lucky that yeah. I don't have to worry about that. For me, it's just pure engagement. So I go, okay, well, they weren't as engaged. This, you know, and they're engaged. This. What is it? Is it the format? Is it the styling? What is it? Is it the baby? It's not. So I think maybe being able to focus on one thing mm-hmm. and not multiple things, mm-hmm. meaning f- focusing on growth and just growth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or focus on engagement. Just engage. They go hand in hand. Yep. But I think the sanity part, at least you can have a plan to grow one side of it and then have another valuation, have a plan to grow another side of it. So it doesn't feel very overwhelming as trying to do everything all at once. Yes. You know, especially for content creators, you are a one-man team, Mm -hmm. right? So all of that falls on you. So I think having it more piecemealed can
0: save you a little bit of, of that stress too. Mm, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. That is a great advice. I actually have not heard anybody talk about it in that way where you consider your online presence a business, mm-hmm. like the business side of you versus the, the Wendy that is just the real mm-hmm. you or the personal mm-hmm. you. Not that there's a separation mm-hmm. between the two, right. but it's just that you treat whatever is put online as just that. Yes, correct. And that's so important. And I, I, I know I have, and I know so many other people have, like we forget the separation yeah. and we consider whatever is put out there because it's our face yes. our name um, and if it bombs that we somehow are associated with right. it even though deep down we know but then it's very hard to detach ourselves
1: it's it's very difficult like for example you know after I gave birth postpartum it was very hard for me to get mm. jobs mm. and I, I thought is it because I, I've gained a lot of weight um, right afterwards, uh, during the pregnancy and right afterwards. And I thought, maybe it's my weight. And I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Meaning because like, I just didn't think that was a part of the brand, yeah. you know? Is it the weight? Is it the motherhood? Is it like, I don't look m- myself anymore? And that was when I said, listen, it's just the way, it's the ebb and flow of the business and wow. that's just yeah. how, you know, that's how it is. And yes. you just need to focus on what you do best, yes. which is to heal and to get better and then you pick it up later, you mm-hmm. know? But, I, you know, I go through kind of that same mentality too, you know, here and there. But on on most days, I am very aware that what I put online is really what is my business, you know. And I I look at what I put online, the ideal version of who I want to be,
0: you know. So meaning
1: I don't get dressed up like this all the time, clearly, you know. Like I'm in sweats half the time because, you know, of of Kinsley and everything. But then when I get dressed up, I snap a photo, you know, on my mirror and everything. I go, well, you know what? I would love to get dressed up like that every day. I don't have the energy to do so. But posting online just gives me a feeling of like I, that's a part of me on a on the best day version of myself, mm, 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 and that's okay too. And I don't have to post every day. Yeah, you know, I, no. I think that's hard to keep up to post every day too. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: You talked a little bit about how your body changes and how that may have affected jobs, but just in your head. Mm. Do you think that's a part of like us aging? Because I think we're we're in that same group yeah. of. We're in that same mindset, like, you know, over 35, Mm -hmm. still on social media, showing up as ourselves. Mm -hmm. Every day we film ourselves, like, I I see more fine lines or I feel a certain way or we start to realize that filters are very important and so on. Like, does that affect you personally in terms of how you show up or does... Does that hit people over thirty five harder? Yeah, am I I, am I delusional
1: to think this? No, 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 no. I I think as we age, it's just because you know what I I feel like the community gets younger, Mm, right? So I think because the community gets younger, and it and and I think you know in entertainment we just see old actresses aging out. So there's this feeling of fear when it comes to aging, and right, you know, and honestly, it that's somewhat correct you know you see older actors not getting as many jobs so because we see a path we're following the same path yeah and that really creates a lot of anxiety yeah so I yeah. can sit here and tell you all the time oh my gosh age is not a thing it's just a number it's really different when it comes becomes a profession yeah you know yes, and yes. you have to evolve with with that in, in a sense so I think with aging you just have to be very happy with how your brand is as who you are, right? Yeah. So, for example, if you're in your 40s and you're like, I cannot wear any more skirts, that's just not my thing, just don't wear the skirt. Yeah. Just wear whatever it is that makes you feel confident and comfortable in. Mm-hmm. So, now I think once that happens too, your community will actually see that you yeah. attract more people that follow, have, that, that have the same philosophy as you do. Yeah. Yeah. Versus r- trying to retain those that might not have been there to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so, true. I think shedding true. it, growing, shedding it, or just curating, right? You might be cutting down on your audience too. And that's okay too because the people who are staying are the people who really want to see you.
0: Yeah. You know? I see creators having different approaches to this mm, Tell me. so there are creators who really grow into their own skin and are comfortable with aging and they talk about it mm-hmm. um, or you can see it reflected in let's say the products that mm-hmm. they work with but then I do see some other creators where it's almost like they're stepping into another era of really trying to speak young and really mm-hmm. trying to hop onto trends and really changing their entire brand mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it works well because maybe that was already part of their personality mm-hmm. but they were never able to let it out before because that was not in the nature of mm. platforms like Instagram or even blogging, because mm-hmm. without video, there's very little personality to mm. see. Right? right, you can read right. it maybe, but you're very right. few people read it. Right, you're right. So then, with video, some of these people have really become a lot have a lot more personality. Mm-hmm. Maybe they even show more skin, which mm-hmm. I think is great as long as... Because we don't know what's going on inside their heads. No, we don't. I think you're as right. long as they are very happy right. with it and they are confident with it, I, I'm really loving seeing people step into that different side of them. Right. But also, I'm. I, it's really great to see that people are very accepting of it too.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, I, I like that perspective a lot. You know, I mean, I think... Like for me, I can't do dance videos. I've never been able to do that, and I don't. I don't do that. So like if I were to try to do that, you can see right through it, right? But I can imagine if someone always loved dancing and never had the opportunity to do it. Yes. And now they're whatever in their forties, and they're like, yeah. whatever. I'm gonna do it anyways. Yes. Who cares? Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I I can see what you're saying, and I think that adds value. But I think it goes back to them being authentically themselves. Mm-hmm. Because you you can definitely ride the wave of trends. It just gets really tiring. Yeah, and you just have to have a lot of mental upkeep to be able to actually go through with it for the long haul.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, so then like a, an actual practical question. Sure. Have you seen uh, gigs just stay the same or are they generally going up or...? Yeah, so I
1: think... Um, generally, I think it's... So, two, two answers to that. Brands understand the importance of content creators now. Yeah. So, you, so now we see gigs that have, not, that have not been there before. Yes, yes. Right? But because there's so much competition, I find that there are sometimes very slotted, meaning mm. one Asian for that campaign. Yes. You you yes. don't understand what I'm saying. Yes. So because it's so competitive, it mm-hmm. becomes just more difficult. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not because there's more geeks or less geeks or whatever it is. The the circle gets smaller, right? So I think because of that, you just have to be in a position where you go, how do I win? Not a win, but how do I give out the best type of performance to be able to continue these brand partnerships going forward yeah you know so it's tricky yeah right it's it's tricky because like you can be that one person that season and then they never come back again right right? right. you can be that one person that one time and they never come back again yeah yeah um so it's it's yeah it's a little tricky Mm.
0: i feel like there's this idea that as an online entrepreneur especially with everyone blowing up that somehow your income has to go, keep going like this. Mm -hmm. It has to keep going exponentially. And I feel like you have been around long enough to know that it might go overall like this, Mm -hmm. but it's more like Mm -hmm. this choppy wave Mm -hmm. along the way. And there will be some months or even years where it's not as amazing as Mm -hmm. like your top earning year. Mm -hmm. But then as long as you're continuing to stay consistent Mm and put things out and be true to yourself, then that's ultimately what's going to keep your career going, right?
1: Right, right. right. And I also think, you know, sometimes brands... What I've learned is this. A lot of times brands go through an agency mm-hmm. or a PR person or whatever it is. And that time, that agency might not exist anymore two years later. Yeah. Or that PR person yeah. left five days later. Like, yeah. you don't know any of that, right? But in your head, you're going, oh, that brand didn't come back to me because I didn't mm-hmm. do good. or I, I, I didn't perform very well. I mean, yes. you know, well, yeah, Performance is different things. You you kind of have to perform well yeah. to get more, you know, more um, campaigns. That's kind of underlining it. And we understand that. But saying, but maybe just attributing the not having the follow-up to your own self, right? Mm. A lot of times that happens. Like people go away. Yeah. And then you kind of get stuck with this new team. Yeah, that's yeah. working on this brand. So my advice to you is that don't just walk yourself out of it. Yeah. And know that you did a good job. But you have to know that you did a good job. Right? Yeah. You know you have to know that you show up every time doing the best you can. That's right. And next season, the season after whatever, just come back to them because Sometimes they don't even know that you existed before. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, and you might pick up, I mean, that's happened to me where yeah. I'll be like, hey, I worked with, you know, blah, 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 you know, two years ago and I haven't heard anything. But I still love their product. I still use it and I still share it. Let's talk about if there's a possibility that we can you know, revisit this and that.
0: Yeah.
1: It might be a revisit of a longer partnership where each of the items are less in fees than it was before. Mm-hmm. It depends on the climate of the monetization process. Yes. Right? Yes. Or it might be a, one, a bigger campaign. You don't know. Right? Yeah. But I think it's just, I, when I was doing this, I took it very personal. And I think because it's different, right? Because you're getting paid for these gigs, not yeah. because of likes and people saying things about you, right? That yeah. there's kind of, they're a little separate, but because brands don't come back, i you know, it kind of, it hurt. But later I found out sometimes they don't even know that you were working with them That's before. Right. That's right. So I think it's just, it's leave it open, leave it, you know, come through, uh, do every time great work and. Then revisit that conversation later.
0: Yeah. Speaking of brands, do you have the uh, some of the most memorable campaigns that you have done that you love? Yeah, I
1: think the m- most memorable campaigns are usually the ones that are long term because like mm, you're working with yeah. it, you know, quite often. But I think also the ones that give you the most freedom. Yes. You know, to yes. to be yourself and to you know shoot the way you wanted to shoot and everything. You know, sack um, stuck with me throughout my whole pregnancy, and yeah. I was I really appreciated that because I was my stomach was really growing as I was working with them um I've been with Biosance you know I was with um, Biosance when they first started yeah like literally when they first started um yeah I was introduced to the brand and I was with them for about you know two years or so and I really Mm. loved that um Sunref women own you know Asian as well yeah um we see each other you know at events we chit chat you know so I think it's it's more than the collaboration and the and the Campaigns, it's how do you sustain the relationship if yeah. there is a possibility to sustain the relationship. Mm-hmm. Some brands you don't even know, you can't get in touch with the person. Yes, yes. You know, a part of that. But others you can. And I think that's kind of important too, as well.
0: Yeah. So do you have um, a manager that helps you with your brand campaigns? I do. Um, I have an agency that I,
1: I go through. Mm. And, I, you know, listen, sometimes you don't need it. <laughs> sometimes you do. I think don't think that you have to be successful with an agency. Yes, yes, yes. Right? You can be very successful with that. I've seen it. And I have friends who don't have agency and they do very well. Yeah, And I've seen friends with agency and they do very well, Yeah, right? So it's just whatever's best for you and what's best for your workload. If you're the type of person who's very shy about negotiating, then have someone else rep you Yeah, you can use the alias I don't care right? yeah, yeah. To you. but if you are very comfortable do it yourself and I think there's no wrong way
0: of doing it mm, I agree yeah. I agree Yeah. and also one misconception is that by signing with an agency suddenly they will bring you all of the deals that's not true. but that's usually not the case yeah. unless you sign to very very big ones like DBA or yeah, right. maybe some other really well known yeah. global ones that yeah. do have that roster but yeah. otherwise it's more just they're managing your email and negotiating for you right yeah. Right. You know, I, I, I love my agency. I've been with them for a very long time. And, you know, and
1: yes, we it's it's a back and forth, right? Mm. We send each other. I send them campaigns. They send me offerings. So yeah. it goes back and forth. But you do most of the, like, work yourself. So I'm still pitching. I'm still putting ideas together. Well, hey, mm-hmm. can you contact them again this season? I have this idea for them, mm-hmm. you know? And
0: if I didn't have them, I would have done it myself anyways. Yeah, that's right. right. So yeah. it's
1: just... There, there's no right way of doing it. You, mm-hmm. you, you can be very successful without an agency.
0: Yeah, and I noticed that you're also branching out. Maybe you have done some before, co- some collaborations before, but you're doing uh, physical products now. Yeah. So not just uh, brand campaigns. Right. Is that more of a recent thing? You've also dabbled with other clubs before. Yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So I've um the first club I've ever ever done was actually a jewelry brand. By oh Corey. That was a very very long time ago, um and uh. I think from that point it made me very interested of having physical products yes. because I, I love seeing what your imagination can do and then coming to form with it. Um, and it's, it's I think it's always been a part of my DNA to do something because I'll look at something and be like, I wish it was like this or I wish it was that or I wish yeah. it was cut differently. And now I actually get to do it. So my first, I think my f- recent collaboration, not my first, I think my most recent collaboration was actually with a friend. Yeah, And that was the most, honestly, like fruitful and meaningful and I mean because we text each other all the time anyways mm. and we talk all the time anyways so doing all of our fittings and all of our design concepts it was FaceTiming you know and it was like it was very fast we yeah. were, she's an entrepreneur as well so decision making became extremely fast yeah. and that's one thing that you don't get with a bigger brand, right? So when you're working with a bigger brand, you go, hey, can you like fix this? Yeah. Sometimes it takes like, a few weeks for them to get back to you. That's or right. They, they give you like samplings or whatever. But with you know, Cassie and I were like, this color, this color, this color. Let's yeah. move on. And then we we were able to do it really fast. Yeah. Um, so there's pros and cons about what kind of collaborations that you can be a part of and kind of
0: how that affects your creativity. Yes, yes. For reference, it is a PopFlex active collaboration with Cassie, who is, uh, she's Vietnamese-Canadian, is that right? No, she's Vietnamese. Oh, she's just Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah, and she has her own own online yoga empire, um, but it's more than that. It's really like an entire lifestyle empire. And I got, sent to one of the jackets myself and it's really beautiful. Aww. It's really warm. Um the, the collection was very successful. Aww, and thank you so much. I think the jacket sold out, right?
1: Yes, it did. It yeah. it, it was it sold out a lot faster than we anticipated. Yeah. Um so we you know, to be completely honest with you, we weren't thinking about doing a, a rerun. Oh. About, oh we'll be done and then yeah. and then you know maybe we'll revisit it later. Yeah. But it did so well that we're like, oh maybe people do want it. Yeah. You know. Um so yeah so so we're kind of in the works of a future, you know, kind of brainstorming of other of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for her, she wanted to branch her brand, right? Yeah. So I, it's all about kind of giving and, and uh, working with that synergy. Yeah. So she wanted to be more street style for certain things. Mm. So she said, okay, well, with me, it made more sense because, you know, I, 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 lo- I like activewear because it's comfortable, but I really want things that you can wear on the street too. Yes. Yeah. So when we were talking, we really wanted a, a bridge collection where you can wear it to the gym, but you can also wear it outside the gym and it looks like it's just street, Yeah. you know, wear clothes. So that's kind of how the evolution of, of our conversation started. I see. And, and, and I think it continues to go down that path now. Because yeah, yeah. I, I think about comfort on her level and on her in her world. And then she thinks about street wearability on my world. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. So that's how kind of we go back and forth.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you think that will be a th- thing that you'll continue or even maybe not with um, PopFlex, but with other brands as well or your own brand? Yes, yeah, so I think...
1: I think own brand, there's just a lot of the resources that needs to be done, yeah. you know, with something like this. So I think these collaborations are just a great way of me exercising my creativity without having the manufacturing production side of it, yeah. you know. And partnering with people who have that already, Yeah, um, it just makes more sense in that yeah. sense. Um, but yes, I would love to continue. I don't know necessarily at what capacity... But there is lots of things kind of brewing, so we're hoping.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love the idea of the collaboration. So I had a clothing line. It's a very small capsule oh, collection. Oh yes, yes, yes. Your your dresses. Yeah, it that's was really. last year, um, twenty twenty one, late twenty twenty one, and I did it in collaboration with a company that was already producing for other influencers small capsule collections Got like it. this, and they um we brainstormed together and then came up together with the design. Of course they. Uh, sketched out all the design and then i had my input and so on and and because i have a fashion design background i, I maybe had a bit more opinion on like mm-hmm. where the lines were going to be where the cut was going to be and it was a great way to just uh sort of get your wheat f- no <laughs> get your feet wet not get your wheat wet <laughs> <laughs> I thought you do that too <laughs> get your feet wet and just uh try out uh, selling physical products yeah. so uh, for me it was a revenue share yes. model yes. Um, like a percentage of the revenue sure. and it worked out fine for me even though uh, we stopped it and I'm not sure how they're going anymore because I haven't been in communications oh. but people have been asking for it and they shut down the website um, but ultimately I think there was a slight mistake with like how many orders they made mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. anticipation for how much I would sell um, and then it was there was a dis- pretty big discrepancy there and I do know that a lot of people bought it and they wore it for their Christmas outfits, for weddings and all that. Um, but ultimately, the the volume wasn't quite enough mm-hmm. to justify all of the like the thousands of pieces that mm. they had ordered. So that's on hold for now. But I, I love the idea of these collaborations because it's a great way for influencers to not, without the infrastructure set up of having inventory fulfillment, uh, design, all that. And you can yeah. still do it.
1: Yes. No, it's, you know, it's very, very tough. And yeah. if you were to kind of look at other other creators and the spaces that they've occupied with the design world, usually is backed up by major yes. retailers like Revolve, Revolve and everything, right? Nordstrom, Nordstrom yeah. exactly, right? To do it yourself is extremely tough. Yes. It's not impossible, but yes. it's tough. And it's like, I think if you were just to try to figure it out, mm-hmm. That's a lot of resources that you're pouring into, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes those resources can be allocated, reallocated on other ways to promote the collection, you know, yeah, and not to actually yeah. create or manufacture it. Yes, you know? yes, I agree. Um, so I, 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 you know, we, I, I had a very, very, very small dabble in do my own t-shirt. I yeah. was like, gosh, like 10 years ago, it was, oh. yeah, when I was back in LA and I just no, that's not for me. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I'm glad that it was just only T shirts because then I learned that it was not for me. Yeah. But you know, but I did everything myself. I packaged it, you know, but, wow. but from learning from that experience, I just you know, it's just not something that I yeah. necessarily wanted to do and yeah now I prefer having the creative side, but not yeah. necessarily the production.
0: I see, side. I see. Um, is that also part of your experience with the C B D company that you started, the boutique store? Retail is tough. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean it's just it's tough,
1: and it's for me. You know, CBD was very interesting, or cannabis in general, because yeah. you
0: know. I, I guess you. uh tell me. I sh- maybe I should ask you like the backstory. Um, so, yeah. there's some context. Like, how did you start with the CBDs yes, company, it's not, it's and then there was random. a retail store. That, yeah,
1: that that like this fashion and CBD. Um, so New York just legalized cannabis. Yes. Right? Um, and right now, under the laws that, that's 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 you know of the land, um, they're going to open dispensaries later. Mm-hmm. But back then, uh, there was no cannabis. There's no mm. THC, uh, but there was you know CBD that was available. So from you know our side of it, we wanted to kind of enter into the space when it was before it actually opened up. I see THC. Right? Yes. So the offerings were very limited in New York at the time. We wanted to have a little store, and it was honestly just a pop up when we started. Yeah. We did it and it was actually really successful. And then the pandemic hit. Mm, And it it completely turned our world upside down because the whole block in, you know, that area in West Village, it just damaged all of us, you know. So it wasn't going back to kind of taking things personally. I had to really reflect hard to go, you know, I know I did everything I could because when it was opened, it was fine, right? And then I wish, you know, know, many things. But but the the pandemic really kind of shifted how we viewed retail experiences Mm -hmm. in general. So when West Village and when you know retail opened up again, it was just not the same. And I think being in a space where you're an entrepreneur and you're a businesswoman, you just need to know when to cut your losses. Yeah, right? yeah. And having a physical store just yeah. didn't make sense for us. Mm-hmm. I was actually pregnant when we decided to, to cut it because I was like, I cannot go to the store anymore because I'm pregnant now and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. But my interest
1: in cannabis was really because I actually, I have pelvic spasm. Yeah. And I, I tried therapy. I tried like, I, you know, actually physical therapy to I me, mean, they go in, they try to massage your pelvis, mm-hmm. and it just, nothing really worked for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not one to take any type of drugs, period. Like, I have mm-hmm. a Tylenol, you know, mm-hmm. usually when I'm having pain. Wow. Or it's, it's I don't know why. Maybe I grew up going, your parents are like, you just deal with it, you know, and then you just go, okay, I'm just going to deal with it. So I, I really never done any of that. Yeah. Um, but this pain was very different, and it, it was long-lasting, meaning I've had it for, you know 20 years. And no one can give me any resolution to it. I've been to specialists and doctors, and, and I really wanted to, to give cannabis a dry. And mm. it did. It helped. It wow. helped me with my pelvic. Um, so anyway, so that was how I got into the whole cannabis space to begin with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember reading that story. And that was the time when THC was still, THC was still kind of new. I had yes. just started trying CBD for like period pain. Yes. And it worked wonders. Yeah. It was amazing. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I, I just haven't gotten back into the habit of, of taking more, but I, I should. Um, But that was the first time that I learned that there is such a thing as like PTSD pain. Oh, yeah, I, I had no idea this existed yeah. Yeah. that it could stem from experiences, and that your physical body Hold would that. feel yeah. pain. Yeah, um, and it's amazing that you found CBD as a. I guess it's more of like a alleviator, not yeah. a cure. Or yeah,
1: no, it's you know there's. I'm a, I'm I'm I love science, and I like having very you know very scientific thoughts behind what you put in your body. Um, And there is loads and loads and loads of endocannabinoid receptors in your uterus and in your pelvic and everything else, too. Um, And CBD and THC addresses those receptors. Mm -hmm. So when I, and this is learning through lots of literature and also having a doctor who was with me the whole time. When I learned about that, it just gave me this sense of openness of wanting to try, yeah. you know, and, and I there was not really that much side effects to it when mm-hmm. I was trying it. So I kept on doing it and it really helped alleviate a lot of the pains that I was going through and things that traditional medicine couldn't address. Right? Yeah. So by going through it, I just realized this was an invaluable tool to women, yeah. to people. And um, that's kind of how we kind of started on this bridge yeah,
0: like CBD and, THC. and now that the retail store is scrapped, is it still online? It's it's it is still online. I have to say,
1: having an online store that has to do with product that you actually ingest is very difficult. Mm, okay. right? Imagine that. Yeah. So if you were to buy something and you have a coat and you don't like the coat, you can return it. Yes. Right. But you're buying something that you're eating or mm. you're swallowing, yeah. you know. It's a very different way of that consumer base is very different, Mm. right? And usually our customers are ones that have been to the store and they feel very comfortable with us and they have products that they love and they come back and they have the products. Just like a lot of things in the product world and also things that you ingest too, sometimes you need your body to reboot. Meaning if you were to, this is a very poor example, but if you were to use the same, same hair product for, for a long time, you go, yes. it's just not as effective. Yes, right. Yes, yes. So your body gets used to it. Um, and that's the same with CBD and THC. Mm-hmm. So you have to sometimes do a little cleanse, or you have to do kind of a reboot. Um, and we walk you through this at the store very, very closely. And we monitor and track everything to make sure that you're getting the right dosage it's very hard to replicate that online. Mm, You know, so I think it comes with its own challenges and it comes with, if you're an experienced person, you don't care. You're able to do everything. But I think when it comes to someone who
0: really likes that personal touch, it was very just different to replicate that online. Mm, I see, I see. I love that you had a personal experience and by sharing your story, your personal story, and you were able to sort of build it into a business of its own mm-hmm. and then it's its separate entity now mm-hmm. um i mean we'll see where it goes from right, here because right. there's so many challenges that you're facing as well um but i think that's one example of how pe- how people with influence online right. can take their experiences and turn it into a business that also helps other people right. and that's the, that's the beauty of it and that's right. why i wanted to mention it oh, thank you <laughs> but also i do feel like there is this huge pressure for creators to be like okay I'm monetizing let's say with AdSense and I'm monetizing with brand deals now what's next next? I have to build a business I have to create a physical product or a digital product and we all feel like very inadequate when other people are selling like courses or they're selling clothing or they built a hotel like a boutique hotel or short-term rental and then we're like oh gosh I'm not doing enough Um, and you feel like you need to do a lot.
1: No, that's very true. And I think you have to just remind yourself that there's a lot of moving parts behind all that. Yeah. You know, and some of it is purely by sw- sweat equity and, and you know, and they're doing it themselves. Go them. You know, that's very hard. We built Artemis completely on our own. You know, it was very, very hard. I don't recommend that. Yeah. Um, but there are people who have like the revolves of the world and the notions of the world behind them. Yeah. And you might not see that when they're launching this and they're launching that. Right. So I, I think it's very natural to be hard on yourself. But I think from my experience and seeing so many other people having their own yeah, brands and, and products and everything there's a lot of moving parts that yeah. you might not see and you can't do everything all at once
0: yes you know? yes unless you build a huge team or you outsource it right, um right. but otherwise i do think that creators need to take it slow uh, sometimes
1: which just maybe just focus on one thing yeah right and it's like i want to do this collaboration with this particular brand just focus on that mm. you know and then and then Maybe not necessarily like, Oh, that's all I wanna do, but have your kind of your North Star yeah. be guided towards that. Yeah. Right. And then and do everything else that you need to do, right? Yeah. So for me, in order for me to show that I've been successful doing a clothing line, I have this as a working example now. Yes. Right. Before I didn't even have that. Yeah. So I think for, it's a portfolio building experience and I think if you're able to address it more as a business
0: in that side it might potentially alleviate some of the pressure mm, yes yes I love that idea having a north star and having a goal and then just working towards that and then along the way if other opportunities oh, come yes. then that's like a bonus
1: right yeah. and you're, it's like if you're navigating on your ship your ship just gets bigger and bigger and bigger yes Yeah. right so like it's I think that's how it, and it's the slow ship that gets the the goal yes. so you just have to kind of move a little slow and then gather all your stuff together and then make it bigger and bigger and then you get there it's, it's usually much it feels much more natural and organic yes
0: I love that analogy and the, the idea that slower ships can <laughs> can go further uh,
1: yeah because they, they're bigger they have more resources yes, yeah and then they sail further yeah. small ships it's like it's hard you're paddling yourself yeah it's okay. exhausting and it's like sometimes you don't even know where the North Star is
0: anymore yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. speaking of which do you have a team right now or is people helping you really <laughs> no. oh my god I don't have a nanny do you not, know a nanny what
1: no it's just me <laughs> not just even me. an assistant no, it's just me and Colin. I mean, oh, wow. Colin is not a part of my business. Right. But It's yeah. No, it's just the two of us with our daughter. We don't have a nanny. We, oh, we, we, wow. don't, we don't have her in daycare. It's just the two of us at home, and I I manage everything there. Do you plan
0: to find a nanny or assistant or?
1: You know, I had an assistant, and I I, th- I thought that was really helpful. Mm. Um, I think I just have to figure out how to kind of manage yeah. that side better. Yeah. And then when I'm ready, I can actually help that team if, if I need it. I have an agency, so that's different, right? right. I, I'm able to kind of leverage that and, and have them help me with here there. Um, and there. A nanny, I you know, I just had a really kind of, not it's not bad. I just had a very kind of strange experience with a postpartum nanny. Oh. And that kind of... That scarred you a bit. Traumatized mm, me. I see. So now I'm just not right. Currently, right now, we don't need one now because yeah, we're yeah. both stay at home parents. Yeah. Um. But I, it's just my own personal trauma that I have to get through to be able to kind of trust other people with my daughter. Nothing happened to her. Not, nothing happened yeah, to me. Nothing yeah. like that. But I, I just felt like maybe I think because postpartum blues is a real thing, and mm. you know, if if you ever do go down that path, I want to be there for you. Um. But I just felt like she thought the nanny was her mom yeah you know and because she thought the nanny was her mom mm. um the postpartum nanny that is was her mom like it freaked me out mm. and so when, when that postpartum nanny they usually stay with you for duration of postpartum yeah right? so for me it was 30 days um when she left i was like oh my god no more nannies like i i don't want anyone in her life I but see. me because i i think i was trying to kind of re-establish that relationship with her thinking yeah. that i was not a good enough mom
0: yeah
1: to begin with, you know, so it's it's my own thing. I know that, and I just have to kind of get over the hump because she's fine. She's like, you know, she understands who we are and everything. Yeah. Uh, but from that experience, I just have to. Kind of ease into the whole anything. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I see
0: that that's very interesting. Um, but I hope you get the help that that you need so that <laughs> need you can asleep. like <laughs> alleviate the workload because yeah. it, it's so important. Yeah. So you know, you mentioned that Colin is not part of the business, yeah. but he does help you sometimes yeah. here and there. Yeah. What so, kind of role does he play?
1: So I think he's more kind of if I need anything, he's there. you yeah. know yeah. Um, he has a great eye, which yeah. helps a lot. So if I, I, I have a photographer that I work with. Actually, I have two that I really love that I work with. But if they're like on vacation, like the holiday, right? Yes. And they're like one of them is like gone, the other one's gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no one to help me shoot. Yeah. Call a step in the shoot. Mm, but see. that's that's at the extent of his involvement. The oh. like, whole shoot, I, I take the photos afterwards, I edit, I do everything else on my own. I turn everything on my own. So like in that sense, I and I you know, like
0: you work with your husband, right? Slightly. Slightly? It's not part of the business. Oh, okay. It's not on the payroll.
1: Okay, okay, okay. So I, my ex boyfriend, we were working really close together, oh, wow. like we're okay. very close. Yeah, that completely ruined our relationship. Mm- it was hard really? to apart who was responsible for what, and you know, and who was responsible for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it became hard to navigate at at that point. Now, as I'm older, it might be a little different, you mm-hmm. know. But back then, I was you know first kind of starting out, so it was, it was very different. But I just that was just not for me after that experience. So now with Colin, it's very active that we don't make it mm. a part of like yeah he's in the photos sometimes like, yeah he helps shoot or he's like in my stories you know yeah. being silly but like he's really not like there to mis- yeah. to be necessarily like a, a team an active team member of the yeah. brand
0: yeah. yeah i i have found more or less the same thing mm. where we never worked together from the beginning and in fact he was more like oh that's stupid like mm. what are you doing because um you already had a pretty uh pretty stable career in this in this area early on but for me in the beginning I was coming up when like other people were just sort of just starting to get paid. And mm-hmm. so there was no real example of this is the roadmap to success mm-hmm. as an influencer. Mm-hmm. So along the way, I was doing a lot of stuff for free. I was just mm-hmm. like giving value for free. And it felt like I was wasting a lot of time and money. Mm-hmm. So he was always like, that's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. you're a smart person. And you could put it onto a real, real business mm-hmm. and you could do something good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was the beginning. But then afterwards, when it started to really take off, especially after I created my own products Mm -hmm. that's when he saw the the vision of it further on Mm -hmm. Um, and then he eventually was able to quit his job Mm -hmm. because it's able to sustain us both and replace his income essentially Mm -hmm. and now he actually does help me Mm -hmm. but i make it so that it's not compulsory Mm -hmm. because i don't want there to be any resentment Mm -hmm. on his part or my Mm -hmm. part either like i if we share the the profit I don't think it's fair because mm-hmm. I spent all these years doing mm-hmm. it alone Correct. and you're not really related to the foundations mm-hmm. and the, and even the entire creative process. Mm-hmm. But then he does help me with like making the finances, putting, mm-hmm. putting them in order, which is actually huge. Mm-hmm. Taxes, mm-hmm. but even dealing with life like mm. i never have to replace like a toilet mm. i never have to <laughs> wash the dishes it's you so know? funny these yes. little things yes. that distract you from your business You're i realize right. it it's saving me my sanity. Yeah. And it's giving me back a lot of time that mm-hmm. he's actually doing for me. So it's would, would you consider him like a CFO or COO? He's almost a CFO. He's okay. actually great at operations. Oh, okay. He's a very practical, like, what do you need to do? What's more important? Uh, yes, this is this. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just more like the marketing, the creative, and the, the bigger vision. Yes, yes. Um, so he's almost become like a business consultant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I do think that's important to know is that you have to have the right personality to work together.
1: Right. And, and maybe when you first start out, you have to define the goals, I'm yeah. sorry, the roles very clearly. Yes, right? yes. Um, and naturally, that happens to a lot of content creators. Their partners become a part of their business because mm-hmm. you know, who else can you trust more than yeah. your partner? Yeah. Totally understandable. But I think once you're able to really define those roles of who's doing what, it, it makes life a little easier. Yes. You know? And we, when we first started, we didn't have that. We didn't oh. have that role model because everyone was just their husbands were shooting, their yeah. boyfriends were shooting, right? Yeah. And you didn't, and you know, monetization was very, it was, it was very difficult back then. So it it wasn't the challenges were very different back then, and it became. Like they were very invested in the brand as they should be because you know, they're also with us in that sense but their identity becomes also attached to it was very difficult mm. to grow from that yes, you know? yes. so it's it just different challenges at different times
0: yes yes delicate balance yes. where you mm. want to give them enough credit for being involved right, at right. all but then to maybe not too involved where right, you right. argue about it right
1: right right, right. because you know if, if if your relationship is the most important then you have to value that first yeah yeah
0: yeah well, I feel like that's most everything I wanted to touch <laughs> upon. And, and you elaborated so well on everything. Oh you're, gosh, so you're so articulate. So sweet. It was really great. Um, I guess uh, to finish off, I just want to ask, like, do you have some future plans? Or do you have a five-year goal for your brand right now? You know, I,
1: now I would love to do more collaborations. Mm. And I think having the physical... I want to do it because I actually really just enjoy it, mm. you know, and, and I love the process of making things come yeah. into life, you know. So I would love to kind of pursue that path uh, more. And that might be with different brands. That might be with different, you know, different things, but it's something that we're actively working on. Yeah, M- We meaning me and a little bit of my agency, meaning, you know, talking to them a lot about this. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, for me, it's like, you know, my daughter's really like my life. And I, you know, I've, I've, and this is coming from someone who's really never dreamt of like, I've always wanted to be a mother. It was yeah. really not that for me. It was, I, I was very lucky if I became a mother. If I'm not, I was okay with it too mm. as well. Um, but I was very lucky that, you know, she came and I love it. I love the this role and, and I, I love being her mom. And so she becomes like, honestly, like our, our focus, yeah. you know, and... And it's, we're hoping to be better parents than kind of the generations before us. That's amazing. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay. So to finish off, where can everybody find you online? Yes. So I'm on Instagram
1: at Winnie's Lookbook. Um, It's also on my YouTube, Winnie's Lookbook too. And the web, uh, I mean,
0: the blog is all the same. It actually across the board. It's something someone is it? okay. okay. Yeah. And your most active platform right now is Instagram. Instagram. Okay, so find Wendy on Instagram, but we'll also link um, um, her work on the show notes and also her channel. Plus, uh, this other interview that she did, which I think is very very insightful. If are you okay with me sharing Oh, no, Please, it? yeah. yeah um, it's a podcast where Wendy shared a lot of her background, her experiences, and um, growing from the experience. And I think it's a very insightful listen and, and very inspiring for all women um, in the creative space or just, just women in general, really. <laughs> so definitely check that out. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it, and I'll see you in the next one.